Welcome to the Arthritic Bourbon Bikers Podcast, or at least that's the name we've come up with so far. That's the best one we get. Yeah. So the tagline that I wrote, which this is subject to changes too, as well as uh, bicycle touring with ibuprofen, a flask, and usually a headwind. We are a couple of late 40s cyclists learning and sharing about bicycling, touring, and midlife. Midlife. Which... Hopefully it's midlife. We, think, we hope it's midlife. <laughs> right. <laughs> so today is an opportunity for us to just talk about what the... Kind of an introduction to the podcast, what we hope to do with it. We hope to also video record it most of the time. Mm-hmm. So there will be a camera on. But at the same time, there may be instances where we're out and about either on the road, going to maybe a bicycling event or something, or maybe just we're out somewhere and we want to record something. We're happy to record the audio and just put it up. But the hope is that we'll have some video to go along with it too, because yeah. a lot of people like to watch podcasts on YouTube or listen to them through YouTube Red or whatever. So we do hope to have video of this as well. But we're in the studio today, so we're, we've got, you know, mic, audio recorder, some lights and the camera going, and we're going to talk about what our idea for a podcast is. So we've been thinking about a podcast mm-hmm. for a long time. Quite a while. Uh, we've talked about it in varying levels, whether it be business, personal. Obviously, you and I have done bike tours together. We've made videos. I've made videos, post them up on my channel. You've been in a lot of them. And we've done a fair amount of, let's just say, exploratory work <laughs> in learning about yeah. cycle touring, mm-hmm. gear, We've been through a lot of different gear, in particular you. And (laughs) I should mention today that if this podcast were to be sponsored, and it's not, it would probably be sponsored by Walt's Bike Shop. (laughs) Walt's Bike Shop, Columbia, Missouri. If you're ever traveling down the Katy Trail and you're around the Columbia area and you need some bicycle work done, Mark and Sarah down at Walt's Bike Shop have a fantastic bike bike shop with an amazing service department. Mark and the crew there are really good about getting you back on the road if you need to be. So if you are on the Katy Trail, you're on a tour, or you're doing a trip here in Missouri, you need some work done, Walt's Bike Shop is a place we always yeah. use and recommend. And if you happen to be in the mid-Missouri area and purchase a bicycle from Walt's, that bike then mm-hmm. is kind of taken care of by Waltz for life as far as yeah, labor, labor. Mm-hmm. on the service of it. You can bring it in for free tune-ups. You can bring it in, and yes, you might have to buy parts, but Mark and the crew take care of that service for you to buy the, the labor, anyway, portion of the service if you buy a bike from them. So that's mm-hmm. a really... It's really great value. So even though this mm-hmm. isn't sponsored, if it was, those are probably the people that we would recommend in this area. But yeah. one of the things that... They have there. They have a lot of Trek. They have some Surly. They have, a, I think they do a few salsa bikes. Yeah, as more well. salsas these days. And uh, so they've got a lot of different options there if you're in the market for a bike. On top of just other gear, out, a little bit of outdoor gear, a little bit of clothing mm-hmm. wear, that kind of stuff. Kind of not unlike a lot of bicycle shops, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, we are big fans of Mark and Sarah, and we think they do a great job. And certainly, they know you by name. Yeah, I'm sort of the. Uh... I guess I'm sort of the pet now. <laughs> You're like a project, always in the works. Yeah, I'm there all the time, all the time. I don't have a parking spot yet, but... Uh, We're working on that, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was just this idea of a podcast and sort of the history of how, a little bit about how we got into the cycle touring mm-hmm. thing, a little bit, and maybe a little backstory just on, you know, cycling as kids and so forth, but... 
you've always been a bicycle guy. Even <clears throat> from the time you were in college, you, you mm -hmm. used a bike to kind of commute to campus some mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You went to college here, but tell me a little bit about your history. Gosh, <clears throat> I still probably own, uh, let's see, four of the five bikes I've ever had. Still hanging The originals. Oh, yeah, yeah. The first one I ever had was a Huffy, and it's, I don't know, it's gone now, but we uh, we gave that away to, to a friend who didn't have one. But then I had a Mongoose BMX bike, and I yeah. rode that all over the place. Yeah. Injured myself on that. Still have that hanging in the garage. I'm going to take that into one of the bike shops. You're going to have them kind of work it up for me sometime soon. Yeah. But so, I uh, biked in college, biked to campus, would ride home in the dark without any lights, <laughs> nearly ran into a telephone pole once, <laughs> nearly ended <clears throat> tragically there. Um, and then, you know, a few years ago, after kind of a break, you know, after I finished college and stuff, I went in medical school and all that stuff, I, I uh, decided I needed to, to get a new bicycle, so I bought a Trek from Waltz. Yep. I'm a heavy consumer of their uh, no labor cost deal and I just started riding on the trail so the Katy Trail um, for several years and then I started looking longingly at the terrain I was bypassing and I thought I need a bike with bare tires and that got me into the salsa eventually but then you know you and I started started touring a little bit when I was riding the trek and uh, man we did some cool stuff on, the, on, on that yeah, we kind of, we started, I think really one of the things that sort of spurred it was your desire for camping. Like you kind of have a little bit of a history of camping with the family and the kids mm -hmm. in the traditional yeah. sense, but then it became about, well, we've always sort of been portable, like, you know, iPads, mobile, our business kind of revolves around mm -hmm. that a little bit, and we can talk about that sometime, but today it, it kind of began a little bit with you camping, and then you began, you began to think about what, what if I could, like, camp and bike at the same time and we began to sort of investigate what were people out there doing and we would mm -hmm. you, you would comment about these people you'd see on the Katy trail with all their their bags yeah the panniers hung on the bike and traveling across and it began to spur this thing in you i think where you were talking about camping and yeah. the portability of taking stuff with you and then there was at the same time we were doing a little bit of sailing stuff and so that sort of tied into the whole mm. uh independence or freedom of yeah. kind of like carrying your stuff with you sleeping in small yeah. quarters or environments mm -hmm. portable stoves yeah. and foods and things that you could more easily transport we kind of looked at that a little bit and yeah location independent there you go work i so, guess so there was a little bit of dreaming yeah. that was going on yeah when we were thinking about that and i think you know that's kind of a little bit how yeah a couple of things that stick in my mind too that if you remember Whenever our oldest boys were, what was it, after eighth grade, and we put them in this van and went off to the national parks for about three weeks. Yep. Nearly killed my wife's van with a cargo trailer and everything. But there were, what, five teenage boys and you and I? Um, and we were out there somewhere. Isn't that when we saw these these three guys biking coast to coast? Yeah. And uh, I just saw those guys, and we talked to them, and they said their favorite place was McDonald's because of air conditioning, Wi-Fi and refillable drinks. And we were that's where we were at, was at McDonald's, yep. wasn't it? Because it yes, was in the right. desert. Yes, yeah. yes. And I thought, man, those guys are crazy, but I, I immediately was envious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that spurred on this thing where it's like, well, maybe we should start to investigate this a little bit. Yeah. And then we began to kind of look for information. Mm -hmm. And it was, I would, 
I, I think a little bit sparse. I mean, there was information. You know, you had Darren Alfson, the Bicycle Touring Pro guy, and a few others, but there really seemed like there wasn't a lot of information about bike touring. There was some yeah. uh, forums where you could find a little bit of info and obviously a few associations that would tell you about some routes and stuff, but I felt like there wasn't enough information about the variety of gear. Yeah. And yeah. when we started out, the f your first big idea with touring was on the track, we had, you had an FX 7.3 mm -hmm. yeah. that you decided to put some racks on and it kind of begins with like a tail tail bag right or a trunk bag yeah. as they mm -hmm. call it yeah yeah you take a few things along put some stuff in there and then and then kind of kind of grew to well how can i bike and take my iPad, yeah. right yeah. that was yeah. the thing you, the work for to be able to if i needed to stop and do work i could still stop and do work but need something that keeps it like waterproof and stuff like that well yeah. that led you to ortland my first ortland purchase yeah, yeah. yeah. which was the handlebar bag handlebar bag and then eventually a couple of good size panniers mm -hmm. yeah um to put yeah. some stuff in and then it was off to the races yeah right? and then it was just <clears throat> all kinds of craziness after that so i had not been on a bicycle i had a bike of course like a lot of people for a long long time but it really wasn't being used and this guy starts hitting me up about Hey, we should we should do some riding and think about doing this camping and all this stuff and it ties right into sailboats, which is kinda was my thing at the time and I was like, I don't know, man. I really like I don't have that much interest in riding a bicycle for long periods of time. And finally it finally he convinced me. So I went to Waltz bikes and bought a trek and at the time the models had changed and the equivalent to kind of what you were riding at the time was the fx3 which is but it's fair to say those two bikes are really fitness bikes they're yeah. more mm -hmm. they're more uh around town I call them a little bit like a city bike but also a little bit kind of a cross between a uh city bike not really a mountain bike because the tires aren't really but kind of a cross yeah, between a city a bike, like and, trail a, bike and, and a trail that. bike or a road bike somewhere mm -hmm. in between there yeah aluminum frame kind of light yeah aluminum frame and lightweight stuff like that and so we went from there i bought an fx3 which was kind of like the equivalent to the 7.3 but i wanted to explore like what were the options out there so i began to look at bikepacking stuff mm -hmm. that was kind of like i was like maybe just like something that was more even more portable but mm -hmm. i mean we liked the <clears throat> concept of the bags but it seemed kind of i don't know it seemed bulky a little bit yeah, uh, yeah. bags on the front bags on the back and I mean, and fair, it's fair to say that there is no easier way, really, yeah. probably, than yeah. panniers. Yeah. Somebody pull so, a trailer, but to me that doubles your chance of a, of a flat. Right, yeah. And it's yeah. one more thing behind you to keep up with yeah. and all of that. Yeah. And so that's what spurred my interest in bike packing gear. And so when I started setting up the FX3, part of the fun of the entire process was to like sort of kit it out mm -hmm. to yeah. investigate kit it out and fit it up the interesting part was is that when we started looking at bike packing what we saw was that a lot of people were mountain bike focused mm -hmm. a lot of single track guys and that was it was several years ago so that was kind of i'll call it quote unquote the early days of bike packing it was really on the very edge of when ortlieb was starting to get into bike packing mm -hmm. you had Revelate Designs, and those guys mm -hmm. were more into it, but Ortley yeah. was just sort of dipping their toe in the water of bikepacking. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's sort of when we began to investigate, I think, more yeah. of it. <clears throat> yeah. And then it was just about us doing some trips, right? Yeah, then you just got to jump in at some point, yeah. you know? You look at the gear, you get it all set, and you eventually have to sort of throw a dart at the map or do something. Right, and say, okay, let's go try this out and see, number one, is it something that you like? Is it something you can do? Something you want to do more of? Do you remember the first trip you ever took? The first, like, real kind of camping on a bicycle trip you ever took? I don't remember uh, which was was first. I know, you know, you and I rode back from uh, St. Charles on the trail, um, and I remember if that was before or after, I decided one time just to take my hammock and go road to Mocane. And I uh, I slept in a, in a pavilion in the corner between two of their, their posts in the, in the Lions Club Park. Yeah. Right across the street from a bar. So I got there just in time to set it up. And then uh, wandered over there, got a couple drinks and a giant cheeseburger. That was a long ride. Uh, it was great. That was the best night of sleep I'd had in a while. But I, I, I'm wondering if... Uh, it was one of those two, probably, the ones I first actually camped with the bike gear, I believe. Could be. We did a ride. We we had uh, our wives, we drove with our wives, and we stayed mm-hmm. in St. Charles. Yeah. We got a hotel room and decided we were going to ride from the hotel to, the Katy, to get on the Katy Trail, mm-hmm. in yeah. essence. And then from the Katy Trail all the way back to Jefferson City. And yeah. we spent the night in Martha's Marthaville, yeah. On this place where it, it is kind of like known to be the place to camp along the, the Katy Trail there in Marthasville, mm-hmm. at a uh, baseball yeah. right next to a baseball diamond. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was cold that night. It was cold. I don't know if you remember. It was like thirty-eight, yeah. thirty-nine degrees, and <laughs> we didn't freeze though. Like we, I mean, we yeah, got it was, it was chilly it gear, but but we we learned some things. And the morning was rough. Yes, and we through the mist saw this. Gas station. I thought, coffee. <laughs> Interesting thing, it seems like when you're camping in general, but particularly when you're bikepacking or, or touring, you wake up early. I mean, you yeah. you and I both tend to wake up fairly early anyway, but when you're camping, you definitely wake up early. Yeah. And it's one of two things. You're either cold, you need to go to the bathroom, or both, Yeah. yeah. and you are dying for coffee for yeah. some reason. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, I think... One of the first trips. And that was about, how many miles was that? A hundred and something miles? I'm going to I'm gonna guess total is probably like 120, 130 miles. Yeah, it was a pretty good like ride. That. I know day two we did over 60. Yeah. So I don't know how, I don't remember how far it was yeah. to Marthasville. But we had a great time. <clears throat> and on that trip, we stopped at a couple of, or one or two uh, wine. Yeah, the wineries. Uh, wineries that had some stuff going on. There's some neat stuff along that part of the Katy Trail. If you ever get a chance, you should go. But yeah, through all of that, though, was kind of like the start. And then since that time, yeah. we've done a few things. We did some riding in, on the Nachos, Nachos trays. That was fun. We made some videos about that. And yeah. We did a little trip um, in Kentucky. The, the bourbon. The bourbon Bourbon Country Burn. Bourbon Country Burn. We made some videos about yeah. that. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool as well. Beautiful country. Rolling hills of Kentucky yeah. with horses and big horse farms and stuff. And, and that was the first one you had the drone. You had the drone on that one. Yeah. Yeah. We had the drone drone on that. And um, other than that, 
you've done some stuff though independently. Talk about your recent ride. Yeah, so um, it's called the Razdak, right across South Dakota. Uh, I've done it a few years, um, and so I found out about it, and I tied it to a fundraiser I wanted to do, and just sort of made up these numbers: how far do you want to ride, how much money you want to raise, and I said, I don't know, um, seven hundred miles, five hundred dollars, and just kind of went, kind of made those numbers up, but then. Then I looked for a way to get the mileage, and that was in this this Razdak, and it was really, really a good good time. It was supported, and so you show up in south um, southeast South Dakota, um, give them your stuff, give them your bike, and then they put you on a bus the next uh, or yeah early that day, and you ride into uh, they take you into uh, so that was Yankton. You go to Custer, stay at a like a school there. This was camping in schools or you could camp outside. So something like gymnasiums. And then you just, just ride about, it was between 60 and 95 miles every day, seven days straight. It was, it was taxing. I had never ridden that much before, uh, but it was, it was phenomenal. I mean, that really gave me a lot of confidence and gave me a lot of just comfort in the fact that you can have stuff with you that you need. Now it was kind of supportive. They would take your stuff each day for you. But it was great. It really was. That's that's a fair number of miles. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it's fair to say, too, that maybe everybody doesn't know, but you've since, uh, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but you've since upgraded to the to the Salsa Fargo, yeah. Yeah. which has, you've done a ton of work to, which we can yeah. go yeah. into those details over time. <laughs> yeah. That's part of this podcast will be great to be able to talk about just yeah. all the modifications over the years that That's you and I have stuff. both made to bikes. Mm -hmm. And some of the videos I've had up, folks have probably seen about over the years of the modifications I've made to the to the Trek, but certainly your Trek and also this, the Fargo has been a lot of yeah. A work in progress as you continue to refine kind of what you like or just change it to something different that's worked for you. But I mean, for yeah. a, it's a fairly heavy, robust bike, I guess it's fair yeah. to say the it's Fargo steel. is steel, steel frame. Um, really, really kind of more of a mountain bike style, but also known to be a, a long, a long haul bike. It's mm -hmm. not a pure touring bike in the sense, but it's certainly a, yeah. a well known bike that people do a lot of miles on yeah and just chew up miles on it's comfortable yeah but that's part of the reason to make the changes you know you, you either want to experiment with something or something's kind of not quite as comfortable as it could be so you make a couple changes yeah that's fun that really is that's probably I mean, it's an expensive thing to to get involved with changing those those parts and features but yeah it really is it adds to the to the adventure to me it's part of the hobby part of the of it. yeah i mean certainly is sort of the tweaks and adjustments mm -hmm. and we've talked about this before that with hobbies you're going to spend your money on something yeah yeah now we named this aptly the arthritic bourbon bikers <laughs> yeah. because we're not 25 year old guys who are riding across america and i have yeah. much respect for those guys no right no way would i ever disrespect what they're doing because one of the things we talked about yesterday when we did your birthday yeah. Uh, yeah. gig, one of the pieces of advice you said you would give your 20-year-old self was to get out there on a bike sooner, right? Yeah, yeah. a couple decades sooner. Probably. Yeah, but these a lot of these younger guys who are doing it, I think it's amazing. But for us, I mean, mm -hmm. we're in our late 40s now. Yeah. We got started in this just a few years ago. Yeah. So really, we were, that's one of the tagline says midlife but really we started this kind of midlife well even though we've been riding bikes since kids but yeah not 
as a pursuit, it's new. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, as we've aged, it's you talk about riding, you know, sixty to a hundred miles and although neither one of us have officially been diagnosed with arthritis as far as I know, you definitely make use of a lot of uh, anti-inflammatory type <laughs> medications yeah. Yeah. like ibuprofen or Aleve or yeah. <laughs> any of those. Yeah. Because or bourbon. <laughs> bourbon. Uh, that's why bourbon kind of fits into that. And we'll get into that as well. But uh, And the flask and all of that. But uh, not that we advocate, advocate riding and drinking at the same time. <laughs> right, right. But you yeah. do definitely for after the ride, you might want, you might want a, a shot of bourbon to help with the pain. But at our age, I mean, it's it's a lot of repetitive movement. Yeah, uh, biking is, and so you talk about knees, and I and I know you've struggled with me me too to some degree with IT band pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I think we learned was a little bit about conditioning ourselves a little bit. Yeah, at as particularly at this age, so mm-hmm. the recovery time for guys in their mid mid to late forties is a little bit longer than it would have been when we yeah. were thirty, even yeah. twenty eight, mm-hmm. thirty, thirty, even thirty five. Honestly, yep. I mean yeah, the recovery time sure. is it's different now as yeah. we've gotten older. Yeah. But I do think that one of the nice things about cycling in general is that it is a low impact yeah. exercise source. Yeah. And you can, yeah, and you don't have to go do 90 or 100 miles, you know? Right. You know, in fact, if you're doing a lot of hills and other terrain, that's that's kind of out of the question for, for a lot of us. You know, right. there are people that, to those young guys that are just doing that, they can, they can probably knock out those <clears throat> crazy mountainous rides, too, in long distance, but uh, yeah, it's not in my future. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So when we started, I mean, it was kind of about just short rides. I know for me... It was nine, ten miles a day to try to kind of get some time in. And I guess I'm interested in your perspective, but for me, I felt like it was just about time in the saddle. It was yeah. about conditioning my butt and getting yeah. used to just sitting in that seat for like a lot of times when we're riding, if it's it's a it's a six to 10 hour day. Yeah. I mean, if you're going 100 miles and you're doing 10 miles an hour on average, depending on the terrain, that's your 100 miles. It's 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. That so, doesn't include stopping for breaks or lunch. Yeah, that's or, a commitment. Yeah. That's a big ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, you have to, I agree with you. You've, you've got to just spend time getting your caboose ready for that. Yeah. You know, there's some cardiovascular fitness in your legs, but I think that takes care of itself. I agree. We're pretty lucky. We do a lot of training on the Katy Trail, which is pretty flat. It might be, you know, soft and might be some resistance because of the, the trail conditions after it rains or whatever. But, you know, we don't have to we have to contend with a lot of hills if we don't yeah. want to, yeah. at least early on. You know, you want to work them in at some point. But, yeah, you can get your, your backside conditioned, which is what I, I agree. I think that was that's the worst part. Yeah. That's the worst part at the beginning. And some people are always afraid of, well, what if I put a bunch of weight on my bike and then I'm having to pedal that? But I really think that's less of it, particularly with the modern bikes we have today where we can just downshift and gear down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think we it's easy, too, when you're doing this stuff to feel like you, you're kind of, that you need to just be blazing a trail, so to speak, because I know that I'm guilty of this. We first get on the bike. And you're like, yeah, we're on the bike, man. You're just like killing it, right? You're going fast, but you don't, if you don't pace yourself on a 10 hour day of biking, and that includes, when I say pace myself, I think about hydration, 
food. Mm-hmm. You look at the sheer number of calories that you'll burn on a yeah. hundred mile ride. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, actually. So a couple hour ride, you might, you know, a 20 mile, 25 mile ride, you might, you might burn 1500 calories. Yeah. You're carrying gear or if you are going, you know, doing some hills or going kind of quickly, there's lots of ways for it to add up. It wouldn't be out of the question to, to burn probably three to 4,000 calories on a long day ride. Yeah. Right. Pretty easily, I would think. Yeah. So you have to think about food and water and things that we learned, or at least that I learned for sure was about just continuously drinking water dehydration particularly in missouri in the summers and things like that you can lose a ton of water well and you saw me a couple times uh it was cooler and i wasn't drinking because i didn't feel thirsty but i was still sweating and then i felt terrible a couple hours into it and you're thinking man and you just look at your water bottles you know i didn't drink nearly enough yeah so you have to just sort of conscientiously make sure you're you're, you're sipping on it, you know, periodically or, or, or snacking too. Yeah, I think that that's definitely a danger. I, I do remember that, and I had the same problem that when it's cool or cold, you feel like I'm not as thirsty. I'm not, you don't feel like you're sweating as much, but you're still, you're still losing yeah, liquids. Mm-hmm. And you don't, if you don't put them back, then boy, you're going to suffer later. And that's all kinds of things, right? I mean, besides mm-hmm. just feeling like junk, could be muscle cramps. Yeah, could be that it shortens your recovery for you know later because you don't have mm-hmm. uh, good hydration. And I think we also have learned a little bit about hydration tablets, about uh, yeah. you know having things to be able to get electric electrolytes back in the system yeah. and so forth. But in general, I think our hope with this podcast was just to try to create something where we could share some experiences, things we learned, things we're continuing to learn. Yeah, Ge- a little bit about gear, <clears throat> a little bit about. You know, guys in their midlife who who do want to pick up cycling, which is a great cart, not only cardio but also non uh, non or low impact exercise uh, source. But also, man, what an amazing opportunity to just get out there and see the country. Yeah, it opens the world up to you if you really think about it. You know, uh, and I've spoken with some people that are kind of intimidated by it. You know, if if someone that really hasn't ridden a bike in, in a while is listening to this and they'll say, well, I'm not going to get out there and do 60, 70, 80 miles. I didn't think I would either. I just started riding. And then pretty soon it just, I don't know, it just sort of, it just grabs you, you know. Uh, and and then it doesn't seem daunting. I remember when six, ten miles seemed like a long way. And now on some of these rides, my knees are hurting until mile 20. <laughs> and then I feel warmed up, which is kind of a strange phenomenon, but you know, it, it, it totally. so I would like to just sort of open that up to people and say, give it a chance because you don't have to ride a hundred miles to be a cyclist and to enjoy cycling. You know, you just have to get on a bike and there's fun to be had. hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. I know that for me too, much like you, and maybe it has something to do with our age. I don't know. could be that being in your mid forties, it does take 10 miles, 15 miles to get warmed up. But I find the exact same thing. I, I can feel like junk for the first 10 or 12 miles. Mm-hmm. And then just something happens. And I it's hard to explain to people, but the body just sort of adapts or adjusts or something. Yeah. And your body kind of gets in that rhythm of knowing that, okay, we're going to be burning some fuel today. Yeah, the machinery just gets wound just, up. It just, like, it's like the lubrication kicks in of the mm-hmm. system and the system starts yeah. to understand. And if you just continue to sort of feed that a little bit, whether it be hydration, 
you know, food, snacks, and pedaling at a, at a reasonable pace. You don't have to go crazy. Right. Like, you can really just leisurely ride and cover a lot of territory. A lot yeah. more than you think. Yeah, the tortoise and the hare. Exactly. The tortoise just going. And there's so many things that you see when you're biking that are lost in a car because you fly by them so quickly. Yeah, yeah. On top of just the, the things we see in nature, whether it be the rivers, the sun rises, the sun sets, but it's also just the communities. Um, we talked a little mm -hmm. bit about this yesterday when we were at Arrow Rock uh, visiting, that when I see those little towns like that, that's the stuff that I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see myself biking through here, stopping, having mm -hmm. lunch, drinking a bourbon and Coke or whatever, yeah. uh, you know, just enjoying the community. Those little places like that really kind of capture you. Yeah. Because I, I remember back to one ride we did, too, which I forgot about up in Iowa. We went yeah, up there to do some that. kind of a presentation, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then we took a little detour, and we went to somewhere around Des Moines, wasn't it? I think a little further outside, north. Outside maybe? Des Moines? Yeah. It was this Raccoon River Trail or something? Yeah, yeah. Raccoon River couple, Valley Trail. Couple, just a couple yeah, days. And about that. We rode like half that circuit, and then we stopped and camped. But mm -hmm. we were riding through a bunch of... It was a paved trail, too. It was oh, ridiculously beautiful, nice. Beautiful, yeah. And we rode through there, and I remember us stopping in one of these little towns, and they had a car show going on. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's a vintage car show. It's a video. There's a video about it out there somewhere in my stuff. But yeah, we yeah. rode... And we stopped in this little town, and there's a local car show going on. And it was only like maybe a dozen cars, not a whole lot, just gotcha. a little small car show. Yeah. And there was like, an, uh, like a Starsky and Hutch replica there that yeah, day yeah, and some yeah. other stuff. And I remember that, and I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like you would never see that right. on a regular car trip or whatever. Yeah, you wouldn't be on the road that passes that, yeah. that little town, yeah. probably. And we spent the night in some... I don't even remember where we stayed. Some little campground thing somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And then we got up the next day and we rode the second half and then got in the car. And I guess so that's the other thing I think that you can always keep in mind is that when you say bike touring, I think sometimes people think across the country trips. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, those are those certainly are appealing, but a lot of us have jobs, careers, work on, you know, Monday morning or whatever, but you can go to places yeah. like that little place up in Iowa, find a yeah. a, a route that you can ride and just do an overnight. And that's a great introduction to you. So I just yeah. want pe people to know also that that's kind of some of the things that we want to talk about are little places, little things, and little tips and tricks to just get yeah. out there, breathe some fresh air, pedal a little bit, ride your bike, maybe camp if you want to. If you don't, yeah. whip out that credit card and get a hotel room, an Airbnb, whatever, <laughs> yeah. bed and breakfast. Yeah. There's lots of places and op options for doing this that I don't think I fully realized when we started. Yeah, yeah. That what all the various things that are open. Yeah, you can allow yourself to be limited by what you think the conventional choices are. But yeah, you can, you can really think outside the box and create some adventures with just one or two days. I think. Yeah. Thrown into all of that with arthritis and cycling, <laughs> you know, yeah. being at our age. Yeah is this enjoyment that we have for an alcoholic beverage every now and then, of yeah. which bourbon, yeah. Yeah. not always exclusively, but is yeah. a favorite. Yeah, yeah. So we have the fortune of having been on the, the, the bourbon 
trail sort of bike yeah. burn that we did that little deal. But before that, bourbon's been in our lives since the trip, you know. For me, much, a little bit before Jerry, but we we went on a trip out to San, Fran, or San Diego. San Diego, yeah. And, and that's when you kind of got introduced a little bit to bourbon. And so we've sort of developed this love for bourbon. But not only that, Missouri is developing a lot of bourbon distillery within our state. Mm-hmm. Now, not like to the extent that Kentucky is. Right. Uh, but we have a lot of what I would call small batch, small distilleries that are developing here. And they're kind of creating their own little mini bourbon trail here yeah. in Missouri with their own little passport system that's very similar to what Kentucky does, where you take the little sheet and get a stamp and all that. Uh, just yeah. kind of kick that yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. But even right here in our community, we have a few small yeah. whiskey distilleries in general, which are either bourbon or, or whiskeys of some yeah. sort. So, Well, the wineries is making some... Uh, well, I don't know if it's a whiskey or a vodka that they're making right now. Yeah. Les Bourgeois. So. so that's where we talk about, you know, a little bit about the flask. Yeah. Or visiting the distilleries. We've done a lot of different distillery-type tours just mm-hmm. in our travels and adventures. We've been to rum tours, St. Yeah. Croix and Puerto Rico and places like yeah, that. We've yeah. also done that's some fun. distillery tours. We've done, you know, a lot of the Kentucky distilleries. We've been yeah. to Maker's Mark and... A lot of the yeah. small distilleries there around uh, the Louisville area, and uh, but we want to do some of that stuff too. But but bourbon is kind of one of those things that sort of fits into to this conversation too. So we might have a few, uh, you know, we might have a featured bourbon sometime and talk a, about that tasting tasting session or yeah, something like yeah. that. But uh, that that's why it fits into the name, I think, a little bit too. And maybe the name will change. We don't know. Yeah, we just kind of came up with that and said, you know, we're midlife, you know, midlife guys. We definitely understand the the benefits of modern living and better living through chemistry, whether that be ibuprofen or at the end of the day, a, a, a tasting of bourbon. Yeah, and we kind of enjoy the cycling stuff. And I know when we were looking for things, we wished that we could have found more information. So maybe this podcast mm-hmm. will address that. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, for sure. What do you think? Yeah, and propagate it. You know, I think that's that's really it too. Because I've been in some places where I where I felt as a bike friendly place or bike unfriendly community, and for whatever reason. And if more people are are enjoying cycling and more people are sort of just participating, more attention is given to it, more space is given to it, and it's safer. Yeah, I've been made to feel unsafe before. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, and not that I was doing anything wrong. You just you know you can end up in the wrong place at the wrong time, uh, and all it takes is a trail closure to put you on a detour that you feel uncomfortable with. That's right, pretty yeah. quickly. You know? And maybe you know as time goes on, we can share some of the things we've learned about locations, yeah. about trails, yeah. about uh, tours, and or just options for people to learn because it's pretty intimidating sometimes to think about. Well, I want to ride. I just want a two day ride. Where can I find a two-day ride? Yeah. And certainly, if anybody has questions, feel free to submit those questions, and we'll address them in the next podcast. Yeah. We'll talk about them and try to answer people's questions from our perspective. We don't claim that we're the experts for sure, right. but we certainly are happy to do some research. If we don't know it, or number two, just give our perspective about what we think has worked, hasn't worked, or what we think would fit our style. Because yeah. everybody's style is different. That's the thing. Yeah. And I guess that's an important thing, too. And one of the things I love about the cycling community in general is that 
there is no wrong way. Right. You will see yeah. people show up with some of the strangest gear and equipment that works for them, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. do it your way. That's one of the yeah. things I love is it doesn't matter. But yeah. you can certainly, and we'll talk more about this, you can certainly get some attention okay. by doing strange and things to your bike or putting things yeah. on there that people are just like, hey, man, what is that? They want to come up and ask you questions about yeah. it. Yeah. But the cycling community is extremely friendly overall, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. And accepting. Yeah, so, they're very, uh, they just love to talk. You know, if you're yeah. on an organized ride or you're just sort of at a, at a, at a trailhead, you know, conversation pops up and uh, it could be about what you have on your bike, what they have on their bike or... So I guess, yeah, that's another thing that I, I kind of want to continue to bring up to people is is that you don't have to have a super expensive bike right. to do this stuff. You can take the bike you got in your garage now, and just about anybody can fit a rack on mm-hmm. a bike. Yeah. And you can put some stuff on it, and you can take off pedaling, and you can have a good time. Yeah, yeah. And you can start small and work your way up. You don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars, but certainly, if you want to, you can spend thousands yeah i'm dollars. sure there's no ceiling <laughs> um, on bicycle stuff i mean it's not unlike any other hobby yeah, yeah. you can spend a ton of a ton of money on it yeah. but i think that we've i mean yeah we we probably have spent i don't even know fair amount of money you know as we got into it as well yeah. but it was slow and steady it was like mm-hmm. buy a piece here add something on yeah yeah it's more manageable yeah you know yeah. it hurts less yeah to do it that way so we don't know the frequency that we're going to be able to release these, um, but certainly it's something we've talked about doing for a long time. So we're pretty excited to be able to yeah. maybe put something together and just have some fun with it. So if anybody has questions, comments, feedback, please leave them in the comments or send us a, uh, a message of some sort and we'll get back in touch with you and try to answer your questions. We might even get crazy sometime and do a live stream oh, where yeah. people can ask real-time questions and we can answer them. while we're we're going but for now we're going to start out simple with a podcast record them as best we can go from there yeah anyway thank you all for listening if you've listened to this point or watching and we will see you again soon because there's soon to be i'm sure some other piece of gear that we want to talk about oh yeah for sure see you again soon